0: Welcome to Indy's Real Estate Gurus. I'm Rick Ritma, your hard-working mortgage guy, and we're recording today in the Advisors Mortgage Group Studios right here in Carmel, Indiana. My team and I believe in custom-tailored loans, not the one-size-fits-all approach. We believe there is a right mortgage for you, and we believe we are the team to deliver it.
1: And I mean, Arnold, part of Rick's hardworking mortgage team. I've been in the financial industry for 15 years, helping customers increase their credit uh, just so they can get the best possible interest rates. I also have a passion in helping you succeed in in your real estate dreams. And hopefully you hoping you, you pay off your home. Man, I can't talk. You can't talk.
0: <laughs> That's as we get started today. <laughs> Please go to hardworkingmortgageguys.com. That's hardworkingmortgageguys.com or 317-672-1938. That's 317-672-1938. If you have any real estate questions or any mortgage questions, please go to the hardworkingmortgageguys.com. And today we are extremely excited. And it's Dustin Brahman,
2: Bronham, yeah, Yep. Branham. That's correct.
0: All right. Mm-hmm. I almost, I almost didn't get it right. Well, I didn't get it right, but Was I got the, it right at the it's end. It's not a
2: lot I won't answer to, yeah, <laughs> <No>. honestly. <laughs> well, well, I've got
0: ripma which isn't to me very hard at all, but it just seems to be a very difficult thing for most people. It doesn't to... take much to trip them up, does it? No, it, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't. And thanks for joining us. We really do appreciate it.
2: Of course. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: And how would somebody get a hold of you if they have any
2: real estate questions or needs? Feel free to shoot me a text at 812-767-5525. Also, you can find me on Facebook at Prism Realty. Just search Prism Realty up at the top and then you'll find me. Okay. And you're you're it's
0: Keller Williams mm-hmm. and you're your group is Prism Realty.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a kind of a, under the Keller Williams umbrella, but my organization is Prism Realty, correct. Okay. And the yep. text number is 812-767-5525? That's it. Don't want people to miss that. No, we don't.
0: <laughs> so what did you do before real estate? Well, you know, where, where'd you grow up? What was your life like?
2: I grew up in Southern Indiana, a little rural area down there. Uh, but I always say I grew up in a hollow log. Uh, <laughs> but uh my parents
0: told me I grew up in a bar. No. <laughs> honestly,
2: honestly, just about. Um, but as soon as I came of age and could move away, I moved to southern Florida, you know, to find myself as as people do. Um came back to Indiana, I would say, around 2014, 2015, and then decided to go back to college. So I was a non-traditional student. I graduated with my bachelor's in communication studies, organizational communication right around uh, the age of 29. Uh, So during college, I was working my way through college at a burger joint. And there's a lady that kept coming in over and over and over again. She was one of my regulars talking about her real estate team and how she didn't know where I was going to fit in, but she wanted to make a spot for me. She wanted to work with me. Awesome. So we kind of created a position for myself within the team, a marketing specialist. I was over social media events, that sort of thing. And then organically just kind of shifted into an agent role. And now I have a team of my own.
0: Wow. Fantastic. So you you did all that and then you went into real estate. Mm-hmm. We know that it's really difficult for many people to get going in real estate. Yeah. So how did you do that? What, what did you do? What was your process? What kind of things did you do to get going in real estate?
2: Well, one of the things I'm pretty involved in local theater. Uh, it's something that's always been a passion of mine since high school and, um, much like other communities I'm a part of, we really believe in supporting each other. So a lot of my early business was my theater family. Okay. So theater being where, where, where do you do that? Yeah. So just local community theater, uh, footlight musicals is one that I, 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 am a musical guy. So footlight musicals, uh, also Westfield players, Carmel community players. Um, my, my husband and I both are pretty active in that scene. So that's where a lot of the sphere Comes Are you running anything now? I'm not in a show right okay. now, but my husband's in a production of Angels in America that's coming. I believe it opens June 2nd. That it's it's going to be a big deal. It's, where is that? Uh, it is going to be on Butler Campus. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that big auditorium in Butler Campus, okay. now the big they used to the big, have a big stage yeah. there. Is mm-hmm. it, is it the same one? Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. same yeah. one. What's when Broadway, that that? Uh, you I can't know, that, that's an excellent question. I don't I know the know name really of think. it. I cannot remember. But what when it's broad called. when Broadway tours come through, that's usually where they stop.
0: Okay. Yeah. we. Mm-hmm. I, I saw, I probably shouldn't say this because nobody likes him anymore, but we saw Bill Cosby there.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he, he hey, it's still, It still happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Before you, Hey, sometimes you don't know the person when you, it's still entertainment, but then you find out stuff and you're like, okay, let's detour.
2: Yep. <laughs> he was just
0: funny. That's yep. why
1: we won't, you know, so, do Things you? Change. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So, when you're when you're out there and you're advertising for your uh, theater part, do you actually throw a couple cards to customers and everything too?
2: Well, I found that it typically works out a little more organically than that. Really? It's just uh, through conversations I have with the cast and the crew during during a um, during a production. Um, a few weeks later, I'll just get a call organically yep. saying, "Hey, let's work together." Yeah,
1: All I see is you bowing, people are throwing flowers on the stage, and you're taking your business cards
2: and chucking them out in the air. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, that's a good idea. I've never thought of doing that.
0: <laughs> right, back at them. Right. Yeah, I, I, I
2: wouldn't recommend it. I, right. I don't think, you know, right. uh, yeah Paper cuts are unpleasant. Yeah, <laughs> people
1: might not like that. The production so, might not like that. Honestly. So you actually went a different route than most real estate agents. Mm-hmm. They re, Most real estate agents jump from – Uh, doing whatever side job they were doing to jumping into real estate. Well, Mm -hmm. you actually went and worked for a real estate office. As your side job. Yeah, (laughs) as your side job. Yeah. How do you think that helped you out
2: for the transition? Well, if you're open enough, a lot of learning is just proximity. You surround yourself with the people that you want to be like, and just by osmosis, you're going to pick up skills, you're going to pick up uh, language, things that are going to help you become successful in any kind of entrepreneurial endeavor that you're on. Uh, so I would just say, make sure that you, uh, trust and want to be like the people that you surround yourself with. Cause that's who you're going to become. Yeah. So
0: let's go to like your team then. What mm-hmm. does your team look like? And, and I know you had a team at the start. It sounds like that was a big deal. Yeah. And what does your team look like? And how did the, how did first, how did the team that you went on help you get going in the real estate? And then what is your team like?
2: So when I first got into the industry, uh, the team really helped me a lot. Number one, just like I said before, with proximity, they did a lot of business. I got, I had my hands in a lot of transactions. I learned a lot also starting out as young as I was, my sphere, a lot of them were buying their first home. So uh, just that experience, that journey, that price point comes with its own unique challenges, but it's a very great opportunity to learn. Things, things go wrong, things go not as planned, and you learn a lesson to apply in the future. Um, I will say now my team that I have was kind of born out of a need that I saw in the market. So um, 82%, this is a study back in 2014, but 82% of LGBTQ renters here in the state of Indiana want to become homeowners but are so scared of discrimination that they don't even try. So our, really? exactly. Yep. Wow. It's still a big, uh, a big issue here in the state of Indiana for a lot of various reasons that we're not going to get into, but my team's mission is to lower that number and to help more LGBTQ folks feel confident uh, in the team that I've built advocating for them, for them from start to finish.
0: So you have, which is, I think very helpful. You have a a audience you, that you've narrowed down, mm-hmm. which is still a, a large audience, but you've narrowed it down where you can um, you can really market and, and advertise them and help them understand that home ownership is obtainable for them.
2: 100%. When, and uh, by all means, this, this isn't the only demographic that I serve. However, it is one that I am uniquely qualified to serve as well as uh, – so when I say team, it goes beyond just myself and my transaction coordinator on the real estate side of things. I have lenders, I have title reps, I have inspectors, all that are either LGBTQ themselves or fierce allies for, for that community.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, I, I just, I'm one who I just, everybody deserves to be treated well, right? Who,
2: who doesn't? 100%, everybody. but so, the the, the resources and the approach to treating everybody equally just looks a little different based on the needs of certain demographics. Right. And mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you,
0: you're, you're um, you've got your team. Are you hiring for like agents on your team or is it just you and your transaction coordinator? What, what is
2: well, does that look right like? Right now it is just myself and my transaction coordinator on the real estate side of things. I am doing my very best to follow the models and systems put in place with my predecessors. Okay to know when it's time to grow so that I can uh, support new agents right. the way that I need to. So okay. right now it's manageable on my own, but the rate we're growing probably in the next year, we're gonna be bringing people on. Okay, yeah, yeah. that
1: that is smart uh, to have the processes, hey, until I reach this and this, I, I can't add somebody because you add somebody new, then, Things that you don't think are going to be issues become issues or yeah. something like that. I mean, there's a lot of headaches when you add people until till you find your groove.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And also, I want to get my business to a place where I'm attracting the kind of talent that I want on the team too. Correct.
1: So let's take a little sidestep a little bit. Sure. So if I were to take your phone away from you for 24 hours and besides theater, what would we find you out there doing for fun?
2: Oh, a big board gaming group. My friends and I, we can get together and play board games and not look at our phone for six hours if we needed to. <laughs> really? All right. Oh, so, yeah.
1: All right. I'm a huge uh, board game, and, I got, and it, it started with my parents, and now uh, it's into my kids.
2: Uh-huh. So what's your favorite board games? Ooh, that's tough. Uh, so recently I've started playing Terraforming Mars, which I'm really mm-hmm. fond of. There is uh, a game called Wingspan that is really fun. Um, there is one called five minute dungeon that I'm really into. Uh, also like dominoes. I know I sound like an 80 year old man saying that, but there's something, there's something about the simplicity of dominoes that just relaxes me to my core. Yeah. I think games in
1: general are great. Not only communication, Mm -hmm. uh, but for you guys, a lot of times you can just sit there and have a conversation with people and the conversation go on and you guys just keep playing. Yeah. Uh, but it's a mental thing too. And that's why we develop with our kids. And I think it's just phenomenal. You know? Oh
2: yeah. Well, and I, from childhood, I'm just extremely competitive in nature. So playing board games for all these years has really helped me uh, control what I say when yep. things <laughs> get heated and tense.
1: <laughs> yeah. I have that issue at our house too. So uh-huh. we uh, we got a lot of co op games, which have recently become very popular. So uh-huh. as a family, we work together to win, and so we don't have "I won, you lost." <laughs> so
2: yeah, yeah. In our in our friend group, we try to play co op games, but I think we prefer when there's a winner. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah, could. I wouldn't play a game that there's no winner and loser. Right. Yeah. You don't have two young kids though, though. So and you know that's a good point. That's a good <laughs> yeah. point.
0: So wingspan, I just have to ask—is uh-huh. that the bird one? It sure is. Yeah, yeah. my my family's really into birds.
2: So, it's super cool. And you learn a lot about yeah. birds while you're playing. So it has a yeah. latent effect there. Don't
0: play with my middle son. I'll just say, just never play that game with my middle son.
2: <laughs> well, does he hose you?
0: Oh, he knows every, he, I mean, that's all they do. <laughs> they bird. Well, they, yeah. one he is a bird tour know. company and the other one is leads bird tours. Oh yeah. I wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah, yeah. They,
2: they,
1: no. That's all they do. That's. <laughs> If so if your friends want to put some money on it yeah. you bring, bring him as like a, ringer. a
2: ringer. There <laughs> we go. There we now we're talking. Now we're talking. Yeah. Yeah. Let's take
1: all this guy's money.
2: <laughs> right, right.
1: Dustin would not do
2: that to clients owing to friends. That's right. <laughs> that's that's my slogan when I run for president. Yeah.
0: So so if somebody needs any real estate needs and they, they want to get a hold of you, what's mm-hmm. the best number to get a hold of you? Or, or what's the best way to get a hold of you?
2: Probably text message. I am a millennial through and through, no matter how much I fight it. So shoot me a text message, 812 767 or find me on my socials. That's probably the two easiest ways to get a hold of me. And if anyone has any
0: questions for, Ian or I, go to hardworkingmortgageguys.com. That's hardworkingmortgageguys.com. Or you can call 317-672-1938. That's 317-672-1938. And thanks for listening to Indy's Real Estate Gurus. The gurus we interview share valuable insights. They reveal their strengths, personalities, and how they'll work for you. While we hardworking mortgage guys secure your best mortgage, real estate gurus work hard, too. They avoid problems the amateurs don't see. They listen they find unrealized opportunities. If you're buying or selling a home, a real, estate, a real estate guru is a valuable asset. If you're even thinking of buying or selling a home, keep listening and definitely call
1: one of Indy's real estate gurus. All right, Dustin here. I got a different type of question for you. Sure. So let's say one of your friends decides to move to Alaska right now mm-hmm. to, and they need to buy a home. How, what would you tell them when they're looking for an agent? What, to, what, what questions to ask? And you can't refer one. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and I can't refer no, one
0: because oh. no, that's always everybody's answer. We're trying to get, we're really trying to find out what what you would tell somebody to look for
1: in a real estate agent. Gotcha.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, are we specifically talking about the buy side or the sell side? Yeah, the here? buy side. The buy side. Yeah. Okay. Well, number one, I would say allow me to help you look up their production, just to see how many homes they sell per year, how many times they go through the process, because repetition is uh, one of the greatest sources of uh, experience obviously. Uh, also I would say identify what's most important to you and I can help you do that through asking the right questions so that then we can formulate the right questions for you to ask because it's going to be different for everyone. Everybody needs something different out of a real estate agent and somebody could be the top producer in Alaska, but if they don't communicate with you the way that you want to, they're not the agent for you. Right. And so
1: now let's switch it now mm-hmm. to the seller side.
2: So, so similarly, I would say, let's look at how many homes they sell on a regular basis. Um, but also, what exactly does their marketing plan look like? And it also depends on what kind of property you're selling to. Different properties require a different touch. So uh, that, that's just the way it is. If you're selling a property, say, over $750,000, it's probably not going to be the best fit to work with an agent who has never sold anything over two hundred and fifty. So it's a, it's a loaded answer. I would need more information and able to enable, uh, in order to advise them in the best way in that scenario. So what's your process when you were talking about process, what's your
1: process when you are looking at listing somebody's home?
2: When I'm looking at listing a home, number one, before we even start looking at numbers, before we start looking at the mechanics of how the transaction is going to go, we've got to dig down deep and find out why they're moving. What, what your main motivation is, right? Cause you've made this decision to move, which is a very difficult decision already. And I need to know why, because when things get tough, when negotiations get tense, I need to know what the top line I'm fighting for is. So we'll dig deep. We'll find out what's important to you. And then after that, um, I have an extensive open house system that I use that, um, just it's foolproof. We get a huge following and also the pre-work. The advertising I do for open houses is where uh, a lot of the activity comes from. Uh, on top of that, uh, big on social media. We're going to do a huge social, social media push. And then also, I am a part of a local TV show uh, called The American Dream. Where we feature uh, culture, lifestyle, and real estate. So there is a possibility if we get it cleared through the producers that I could even feature your home on a an Emmy nominated television show. Oh darn that! Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you give him so much. <laughs> I know. I know. Hire me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when you're when you're listing, obviously it makes. Having, having a doing more than just putting it on the BLS or the MLS mm-hmm. matters, right?
2: Oh, definitely. Definitely. I would say that's that's bare minimum. Um, a lot of these discount brokers out there, that's that's what they'll do and that's all they'll do. But the difference in uh netting 40, 50, 60 grand more is in who you hire and the conversations they're going to have for you behind the scenes because that's where the money is, right? Because it's, I think people
0: think that it's just a matter of putting it on there and selling their house, but there's so much more the marketing matters and it, mm-hmm. it matters in that you're going to get more money for it.
2: Yeah. Right. Well, the the marketing matters, but I say what matters even more are those conversations that happen in between the lines, right? That's where my experience shows.
1: Okay. That's
2: where I can cut down to what's important quickly with the other side on the transaction, find out what they're looking for. And that's where the middle ground is found is in those conversations.
0: Okay. So, so the conversation between the listing agent and the and the buyer's agent is is vitally important.
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah, I would say uh, I think the last uh, statistics showed that 92% of homes that are sold in the state of Indiana happen because of a conversation between a listing agent and a buyer's agent. Oh, really? Yep. Wow. So if you choose to list a home without a an agent that is an expert in what they do, you're appealing to 8% of the buyers in the state of Indiana.
0: <laughs> that's not very good. Not
2: very good odds. No, no. no.
0: You, you need something. You need better odds than that. Uh huh. So what would you say your superpower or superpowers are?
2: So superpower, one of them is, so my degree is in communication studies. I, I know, um, how to navigate the nuances in communication. So that's half the battle in negotiation is communication skills. So I've got you, I've got you sealed there. Also, um, just the unique nature of navigating the home buying and selling process when you are other, I understand the intricacies of that. I understand being nervous that a seller, or a buyer is going to find out something about your personal life and it's going to impact negotiation. So I will help you navigate that so that it doesn't become an issue. And so you are given fair and equal shot at the properties we're considering just like everyone else.
0: And I- I mean, I just say, I, just from meeting you briefly, I would say that one of your superpowers is is your calming demeanor.
2: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, that yeah. It
0: has to be really a, a, important.
2: Yeah, uh, that's one of the things that uh, Keller Williams really hones in on during the training process is we are the calm voice of reason. We see the whole picture. We understand the motivation of our client and hopefully of the person on the other side of the transaction. And we keep things calm we lower tension and we help find that win-win that benefits everyone.
1: So you're not going to tell everybody he was yelling at us for ten minutes straight earlier, just because yeah. we were ready. I'm well, just playing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no,
0: he's not. No, he's he's got that. Oh, I,
1: that was probably Rick yelling at us. Yeah. Not my
0: fault. I think it is vitally important. I think it's one of the most important things because of the le- the things that happen in a transaction mm-hmm. is that the real estate agent is calm. And is that voice of reason through the process, because there's so much emotion in the buying or selling a home, mm-hmm. the sellers and buyers go through a tremendous amount of emotion. I spent 11 years working for a new home builder. Mm-hmm. Okay. That took six months, right? Oh yeah. And you would, I mean, and they tracked it and you know, I was trained on it and it was amazing. You know, the ups and downs that people go through and, it matters that when they come in and they're mad or they're they're mm-hmm. telling you and they're upset that you're able to calm them down and get them to look at things not in that – because you don't make good decisions when you're mad and you're upset. That That's not when you make a good decision. You make I'm good different. decisions when you're calmed down and yes. you're thinking.
2: And that's one of the reasons why the conversations leading up to being inside of a transaction are so important, right? Because like I said before, I get under the core of what's motivating you. My clients sometimes probably don't even, reason, uh, don't even realize the amount of difficult and stressful situations I save them from even having to see because of those conversations I'm having on their behalf, knowing what is motivating to them. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not negotiating on behalf of my client without talking to them about it. They're the ones right. in the driver's seat. But if there is a hard line that uh, is not something that they're willing to have crossed by the other side – I protect them from that conversation because I know that up front.
0: Right. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the value of, of making sure that you've talked to them and you set expectations and then you've gotten their thoughts and, and their expectations, what they're looking for.
2: Oh, yeah. When you can always tell inside of a transaction when a client has not been prepared for a transaction. And my oh, client, really? oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. When things that are, oops just punch the microphone that's I'm very okay. passionate about this <laughs> um when
0: that microphone
2: <laughs> yes <yeah. laughs> when uh when clients are obviously surprised about something that is typical in a real estate transaction that's usually a pretty good indication that they haven't had a uh, that an as in-depth of a consultation as they need to have my, my consultations both on the buy and sell side are right at two hours oh really and okay. we use every minute of it
0: yeah because mm-hmm. because setting the expectation setting that that roadmap matters.
2: Yes. If you go to, into surgery and somebody's going to cut open your body, I'm going to want to know every step that they're taking while I'm in a vulnerable position. It, real estate's the same way. Right. This is a, a vulnerable financial position that you're in. You need to know every step of what's coming so that nothing's a surprise. I agree. So
1: I saw that your company's Prism Realty, right? Mm-hmm. All right, so now I have to ask. Yeah, I know it's with Keller Williams, so in case people are asking why we were talking about Keller Williams earlier. So how'd you come up with the name?
2: Well, so um, one of the things that we aim to accomplish with every client is that you finish the process of being in a transaction with us, uh, feeling changed and being different and better than you were before. You're improving your life. You're gaining skills that are going to, carried with you throughout life. Um, that's what a prism does. When light comes into a prism, it comes out on the other side changed and better and more beautiful. Also there's the, the subtle rainbow imagery too, uh, with my LGBTQ focus, i found that it was a great way to signal to the general public that I'm a safe place for LGBTQ folks. Um, yep. So kind of two reasons. That's awesome. So,
0: Smart people always come up with these things. I, I would know.
2: It's just amazing to me. Well, I wish I,
0: I wish I could think that way. I just can't.
2: It's a good idea in some aspects, but everybody always thinks uh, that I say prison
1: at first, oh, and they yeah. think that
2: I specialized in, in, in inmates, and that's not the case.
1: <laughs> but he will still help one when they're when they're out. So. I sure
2: will. I sure will.
1: <laughs> so. What does it? I know you do a lot of first-time home buyers Mm -hmm. uh, with the group that you go after. So, what what do you tell them? What does it mean to own real estate? How does it affect them, uh, either financially or and mentally?
2: Well, there is the freedom aspect of it. Coming from a position where you're renting from someone, be it an apartment or a home, you have very little opportunity to personalize the space to make it your own. You have neighbors usually sharing a wall with you, which comes with its own challenges nothing compares to the freedom of owning your own home and being able to do whatever you want with it. But also, um, I come from that. I love my family. Let's, let's, uh, establish that first, but I come from a family where wealth wasn't really a conversation, right? Uh, we rented our entire lives, uh, paycheck to paycheck kind of situation, no retirement plan, what I'm able to do with real estate for people that were raised in a similar way or may not have those financial role models is uh, teach people that first uh, step towards financial independence, that first step towards owning an asset that's going to appreciate in value that you can cash in on that um, in every way, shape and form is going to improve your life and change your mindset around wealth and generational wealth in your family. And that, that, I the one of the big reasons I love what I do.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's one of those things that, and Rick and I have touched on it before. Is if you don't, if you don't know what the options are out there to increase the wealth, because you're probably never taught, because your family probably did not know. Mm-hmm. So it is just one of those things. Is for instance, my family went through the same thing, and so now that I'm in this industry, I'm like, I'm already looking at my kids and saying, this is what I do, this is how it works, yes. and they're six and eight. But mm-hmm. by the time they reach eighteen, they'll be like, "All right, I know what I got to do. This yeah. is the, this is a long stretch. You don't look at you don't look month to month. Let's look five six years ahead."
2: Yeah. So. Well, being one of the first, uh, I would say one of the first entrepreneurs in my family, I feel a certain level of responsibility too, to show especially the the generation after me that there are other possibilities. Yep.
1: All right. So somebody wants to work with you and they have questions about buying, selling uh, their homes. Mm
2: -hmm. How would they reach you? So shoot me a text 812-767-5525. That's the quickest way to get a hold of me. But also if you uh, go on Facebook and search at Prism Realty, I'll pop right up, shoot me a message and that will, we'll be in conversation within a couple hours, probably.
1: All right, Rick. And how would they get a hold of you or I? They should go to
0: hardworkingmortgageguys.com. That's hardworkingmortgageguys.com. You can uh, get all of our contact information there. Or you can call 317-672-1938. That's 317
1: 317- All right. Now we'll get into the question of the week. And the question of the week is sponsored by Rick and Ian. Hey, it's us. The (laughs) hardworking mortgage guys, where we believe in helping and supporting you and your realtor by sending constant updates through the loan process. Nobody likes to live in a black hole, so we do not allow it. So if you like black holes, I'm sorry, we are not the company for you. (laughs) All right. So here's the question for you. Mm -hmm. What was your
2: first car? Oh, my first car was a... A white Chevy Astro minivan.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, it was. Yeah, I looked like the creep on the block. <laughs> but hey, if you can drive one of those, you can drive anything, though.
1: <laughs> did you have the? Did you, you did have you windows? have the windows, yeah.
2: or did you have? Oh, okay. yeah. You at least had windows.
1: Yeah. Is the people not with windows? I'm a little. Let's get. Old. Let's go this way.
2: <laughs> well, that, that was the vehicle I learned to drive in. The first vehicle I actually owned, though, was a like a 1986 white Dodge Neon. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I didn't change the oil like I should. So I blew it up.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a little. You have to change the oil
2: in a car. I know. I'm much better at real estate than I am car maintenance. <laughs> I promise. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I will say this those Astro Vans, I used to be in the car industry. And mm-hmm. so, so they actually had an edition. It's called the Warner Brothers Edition that had a TV VCR combo in there that you could watch. And I'm like, when I am like, are you serious? This a
2: Warner Brothers edition? Oh my gosh, that's so funny! No, we did not have a TV in ours, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> we had Astro vans for quite some time because I had three boys, and so uh-huh. we always had we had, we had Astro vans. They, they were my favorite. Mm-hmm. They were my we then we went down to the smaller ones. Then my wife said, I'm done with Vans. I want something else. So
1: she drives a truck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Kids can't come home and ride with her anymore. Oh, She's got a four-door truck. <laughs> Trucks are like cars
0: now. I know. That is true. There's no difference.
1: Uh-huh. All right. So what would you consider one of your most memorable deals
2: that you've had? Oh, my gosh. Well, so there was the parent of somebody that was referred to me that reached out. Um, they had lived in their home for four I believe 40, 42 years. So it's a a generational family home and they, unfortunately one of their sons uh, passed away while they were living in the home. So they had a lot of ties to this space, but we were able to negotiate not only a, a, an amazing deal for them on the sell side, but we found them a gorgeous home to downsize into made the transition nice and smooth and simple and easy. And there were, uh, there were a lot of tears at the closing table. Um, a lot of happy tears. Um, but yeah, that that one really sticks out in my mind because in the hands of uh, any other person, I can't say that that would have been able to happen. And the agent on the other side was phenomenal too. It was just one of those perfect scenarios um, where people were in a, a difficult, vulnerable spot, and we were able to make it happen for them. That's awesome, um, seamlessly and smoothly. Yeah, you don't
1: realize how much emotions, because you think about yourself, but across that table, you don't know what that other family is going through, whether oh, yeah. it's a, they just got divorced and they had to split, whether, like you said, they're having to sell their home, to, but their son passed away and mm-hmm. stuff like that. There's so many emotions that can be on either side of that table.
2: Well, one of the ways I always, uh, exactly, on either side of the table, uh, one of the things I always coach my clients on too the story over the humanity on the other side as well. There are human beings on this other side, so let's negotiate with them the way that you would want to be negotiated with. So I'll, I'll that's a good policy. I'll move yeah. mountains for you. We will negotiate hard and get you what you want. We got to remember that there are humans on the other side of this too. Yeah, but that that works for certain cultures.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I've haggled with let's say the Middle East people, I'm not saying anything bad, but they're just used to haggling. They haggle totally different than. Americans or something like that. They'll I throw names, everything, and then as soon as they're done, we're like, "Hey, let's go get lunch together."
2: And in a lot, like, oh, okay. in a lot, in a lot of aspects, we could, we could take some negotiation notes. Yes, from different I cultures. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> they
0: don't take it personally. We no. take it personally. That's what, yep. That's what happens. We take everything, especially a house somebody's lived in forty-two years. Mm-hmm. You start telling them I don't like this and I don't like that. It's it can be offensive. Oh yeah, but you know my parents when when they moved from the family home into their the home they lived in for the last 15 years of their lives. It was hard, but I'll tell you what, it was phenomenal for them. Mm -hmm. They downsized. And I think people have to realize that maybe they do is that, yes, it's hard because you raised your kids there and all that, but man, it's so much nicer once you get into that new home and it's just better. You oh know, yeah, it, for most people.
2: Well, and that's uh, having that conversation about motivation. That's one of the, there's a perfect example of why it's important because they didn't want to leave their home. They didn't want to leave this right. nice big home with the finished basement that they raised their family in, but they were knocking on seventies door, having trouble getting up and down stairs. They, they had a big yard they i having in trouble taking care of. So we would just go back to that motivation. Let's get Is you something about me now. Right. <laughs> Right. why well, you looking to downsize we can talk off the no, air yeah. I just let's just talk house. on air. Let's see how <laughs> right? this goes. I just remodeled my house, so
0: I'm not looking to do anything but i'm I'm not yet, but you know what? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know I'm you know' we're, i'm sixty three so I know it's not you know it's not far off. yeah, but i on a side note on that, you know, you talk about trying to get up and down the stairs. that was one of the things I was starting to have really trouble getting up and down the stairs, mm-hmm. and I thought it was old age. I started working out and doing stretch and that type of thing. Uh-huh. And I walk up and down the stairs, no problem at all. Oh, yeah. It's amazing how it's what I thought was old age is actually lack of use. Just atrophy. Yeah. <laughs> just work. You know, and it's not easy, but you go, you work out. Yeah, I have a personal trainer. He knows what my problems are. He works on it. Mm-hmm. They stretch. It's amazing.
2: I'm just... Well, that's something that people don't talk about a lot in this industry that it'll open doors that would never be open to you in, in other ways. However, I feel like it's more important in this industry to take care of yourself, both physically, emotionally, mentally than it is in really any other industry. It takes a big toll on you. Mm-hmm. So I go to therapy Not once a us. week. If it wasn't for a therapy once a week, I wouldn't be as fierce of an advocate for my clients. I truly believe that. Yeah.
1: I mean... Y- this is uh, we're basically we're both in sales jobs. Sales mm-hmm. jobs are commission based. Guess what? You don't know what your paycheck is six months from now. You mm-hmm. don't know what your paycheck is tomorrow. I mean, you should have somewhat of an idea, but uh, unlike regular jobs, like my wife is a, a corporate accountant, she knows what her paycheck is every two weeks. Mm-hmm. She knows when she gets her bonus, what it's going to be. We have no clue. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> we gotta we gotta we gotta look four or five months ahead. That's so. right. Now, you're really into social media, so we'd Mm -hmm. like
0: to – is there any advice you could give a real estate agent on on what they should do with social media?
2: When it comes to social media, I have a colleague, Melinda Ennis, who is incredible, who uh, said something once that really resonated with me. When it comes to marketing, specifically social media marketing, 80% correct and accurate, 100% on time. Okay. So stay consistent with content, right? Don't try to make it perfect because you'll never post anything. It's never going to be perfect. Once you get it up and posted, you are ahead of the majority of the population.
0: Well, and I'm guessing you have an advantage in the fact that you have theater background, so you're you're probably better at it than and you and you and you're on a TV show. So You're probably better at it. What about somebody who's not? How do they get over the fear of getting on camera?
2: Well, so there is an app called CapCut that I love. I believe it's free. There's a pro version that lets you do more things. But it's uh, super easy to upload a video on there, remove the audio, and then record voiceover. Not in the moment. That is much, much easier for somebody who has anxiety about being on camera. Just make it about telling other people's stories use your voice and voiceover and then direct traffic back to yourself and your website. Okay. You don't even really have to be on camera. It helps for people to tie a face to what you're doing, but at least to start out, just tell other people's stories and tie it back to yourself.
0: It, it amazes me because we talked to so many agents and there's some agents that are very successful. They don't do any social media. Mm-hmm. There's other agents who do a lot of social media like yourself and it's, it's the pinnacle of their their business. Mm-hmm. That's how they get their business.
2: So it is a very powerful tool that that is worth learning. I, is it yeah. Not? Well, and I think that there's a misconception about uh, marketing on social media that it's one of those things where you post something and then a week later somebody inboxes you and they're a client who's going to buy or sell. No. Social media is something that is a um, – Kind of a an enhancement to what else you're doing it it helps maintain the image it helps keep you front and center in people's okay. minds but it's a supplement to what else you're doing yeah you and stay it, consistent and people it'll attract people to you
0: you get to a lot of people you don't know when you do because we're we're I have somebody who does my social media for me helps me mm-hmm Pretty much does it. Any, anyway, <laughs> I do the videos. Uh-huh. I get some credit, right? Right. And, but she, but she knows how to get it out, and it's mm-hmm. amazing how many people. I mean, I, I have now that i I would have never reached had I not, had I not been on social media. Oh yeah. But on on that, you said you were talking about misconceptions. So, what are what are some of the misconceptions about being a real estate agent that people have?
2: Uh. There's misconception. There's a misconception that we're working from sunup to sundown every day, right? So we honestly, it's all about setting the expectation from the beginning. So I very rarely work past 6 PM on the weekends and one day a week I take completely off and I, I do a pretty good amount of business. It's just all about communicating that upfront. I, I know how much uh, time away from work. I need to feel balanced. So that's, that's what I advocate for from the beginning. So becoming a real estate agent, you aren't giving up every second of freedom. You've just, you're in charge of structuring your day now rather than it being in the hands of someone else. So I'd say that also there's a misconception that if you become a real estate agent, you don't make any money for your first year. I don't know how many times I've heard that. Um, two months into be being a licensed real estate agent, I had two closings, so it all yeah, awesome. It all comes down to who you know, how you tap into your sphere of influence that you already have, because everybody already has one. I roll my eyes every time somebody says they don't have a sphere of influence, <laughs> you do, right? You just got to tap into Absolutely. it and you got to do the work.
0: Yeah, do the work. Yeah. You got to do the work. That's, yes. that's something I find a lot of people... You know, it's funny how they it's, it's the excuses. I don't have a sphere of influence. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. I've had people tell me, I don't have a sphere of influence. Why not? Well, because I just moved here. Well, do you know anybody from where you've moved? Could mm-hmm. they have somebody who might be moving here? Yep. Could they know people who are already here? You know, you just have to tap into who you know. Plus, I've had agents, we've had agents tell us that they, they go to the grocery store, and one of their goals is to talk to five people they've never met. Talk about real estate. Because yep. it's when you, when you tell people what you do, they always want to talk about real estate, don't they? Mm-hmm. It's an interesting subject. There's always the something sure to talk about. What's the going sure on in the market? Is
2: it still as hot
0: as it was? I mean, it's what it's important, right? It, it, well, and I
2: I honestly think that everybody should have a real estate license, and that seems counterintuitive. Me being an agent, uh, that because that would be more competition for me. What I mean is, you can hold a real estate license and put it in referral status, and make tens of thousands of dollars extra a year with a strong referral partner like myself. So anybody out there who is licensed, who has gotten out of the industry that still has their license and referral status, reach out. I'll pay you a hefty referral fee and we'll make sure that those people get taken care of the way that they need to be taken care of. And you'll get a check still.
0: Yeah. And that's the key. They have to be taken care of. Yeah. And they have to get, that's why we really promote gurus like yourself because Mm -hmm. that's the important piece is we want people taken care of. We want people, we want them to work with the best of the best. And that's who comes on our show. That's right. So we appreciate it. I I think one
1: thing that people don't really think about, especially if you get somebody who's not a very big people person, you don't don't want to oversell yourself or be Mm -hmm. like, Hey, I'm a real estate agent. I'm a real estate because nobody wants to be approached like that. Most people don't realize is you just start conversation with somebody sooner or later, they're going to ask you what you do. Oh yeah. And then it's just, Oh yeah. I just sell real estate. And then they're like, oh, you do? Their eyes perk up. You don't have to do it. And mm-hmm. then they'll start asking you the questions.
2: Well, another misconception too about real estate agents is that we all have to be these huge extroverts, right? Right. So I, I consider myself a pretty high energy person. There are some buyers and sellers that if I come at them being my true self, they're, it's going to terrify them and they're going to run away. I know a lot of introverted agents that have a phenomenal business because they stay true to themselves, and the people that are looking for them find them because they are one hundred percent themselves. Yeah.
0: Plus, they they work at f- helping them be able to find them. Yeah. Right. You know, they do that. They they work their influence, their sphere of influence, and things like that. I I just I think that I think what you're saying is a hundred percent correct. There's a misconception that salespeople have to be this crazy outgoing people. Mm-mm. And it actually is not that way. Nope. In fact, I think a lot of times those people who are that way, if, if they're good people, it's okay. But the people they portray on TV as great sales people, or um, they're not because all they do is irritate people and nobody wants to be around. I mean, how many people have you, or have you ever been approached by these, the MLMers, you know, they multi-level yeah. marketing and, and oh, it's, yeah. like, it's like, okay, I'm not going to see them anymore. It's, all they ever want to tell me is how they want to try to sell me on this product. I'm sick and tired of it. Mm-hmm. That's a just, that's not sales. In my opinion, that's, that's not how when it I,
2: works. I typically will. When people mention the term salesperson, I always say, you know, that that's not me. I'm not a salesperson. I don't consider myself a salesperson. I'm a matchmaker. Right. I have those conversations ahead of time, figure out exactly what's going to, what kind of house is going to let you live the lifestyle that you want to live. And then I match make, I go out there and find it. Yeah. So we make it happen. Yeah, and I think that's a hundred percent accurate too. And I don't really think I,
0: Ian and I approach mortgages the same way. It's mm-hmm. like there is not one right mortgage for everybody. Not everybody needs a thirty-year fixed-rate mortgage, right? Mm-hmm. It may be, and 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 it can change too. The market can change, and all of a sudden that is the best option, or another market. Its arm arms may be the best. You just have to, but you have to find out what's best. Yeah. on what somebody's doing, and then and then help them, and then educate them, and let them pick the right one. You mm-hmm. don't pick the house for them. They pick the house for themselves. Well, right? that's
2: 100% why people should use a lending institution like y'all instead of going, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be controversial yet brave here. If you approach a large institution who does all kinds of different banking uh, avenues and they have like a smaller mortgage department, you're probably going to get a much different customer service experience than working with a group such as yourselves where mortgage is your bread and butter.
0: Yeah, I the worst one I had is I had a customer call me and they were with a huge bank and it had been eight months and Mm -hmm. they still hadn't closed. They they call and they wouldn't call them back. So they, they called me, I took application. They were buying a house too and they were able to keep putting it off before the house market was as hot as Mm -hmm. it is. And, and we got it, we got them closed in less than 30 days. And they called me five days after we closed laughing. They said, we just got a turn down from the big bank. We'd already closed them.
2: Oh, that's so funny. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it's funny. We closed in 30 days and in eight months, they couldn't get yeah. their way out of the, the door. Mm-hmm. And that's a terrible thing, but it's not, you see it right? mm-hmm. and you're not in mortgages. You're, you're uh, affiliated with it. Oh you, yeah. You see that problem.
2: But the name attached to the offers that I send lender wise matters yes. matters.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. I, that's why we think it's very important. It's one of the things we we see as a benefit of doing the show is that people know who we are, and it, it. I've had I've had some of the biggest agents in the city when I call them and say, "Hey, listen, I'm the lender on this." They said, "Yeah, I know. We saw it on the pre-approval. and that's one of the reasons we accepted your the offer." Oh yeah, because the lender matters in acceptance of an offer, does it mm-hmm.
1: not? It sure does. Yeah, so. Take a side step. Let's so what is does your husband sell the real estate or was he No. <laughs> he's far oh, away. Still <laughs> it.
2: We've had some general conversations about it, but I think it's best if neither of us are each other's bosses. Um no, he's he's in like a medical uh marketing material allocation. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah, totally different field.
2: Totally different. And I think that it works for us. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is interesting. We had a wife, a husband and wife combo, and mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know if I'd, I love my wife. I just don't know if I'd want to be around her 24-7. I mean, there's, yeah. uh, I will tell her, oh, let me rephrase that. I would not. when During COVID, when we had to stay home and stuff like that, you're just like, all right, oh, yeah. I, I need separation. I'm going to go for a walk. You can stay home, honey.
2: <laughs> yeah. When I think when you're open and honest about what you need in a relationship, it's always a good thing. Yeah. We need a, a degree of separation, and I think that's all right.
0: <laughs> Some people do. Like, this couple yeah. is phenomenal. They, mm-hmm. they, they get along. I have my brother-in-law and sister-in-law work together. He's a dentist. They work together all day long. But I notice they drive home. They drive to work in separate cars. They drive home. You know, they, yeah. they do have that separation because it is hard, Oh yeah, I think. Um, so if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, they have any real estate needs, want to buy, sell, how do they do that?
2: Shoot me a text message, 812-767-5525. Or you can find me on my social media, uh, specifically Facebook, at Prism Realty. And to get a hold of Ian or I, go to hardworkingmortgageguys.com.
0: That's hardworkingmortgageguys.com. Or you can call 317-672-1938. That's 317-672-1938. And please follow us so you don't miss any any real estate gurus.
1: You did all right. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, Dustin, I'd like to thank you for your time today. It's, it was a pleasure having you on here and well, very likewise. informative.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: All right. Hey, and reminder, if you know any friends, family, or coworkers looking to buy, sell, or refinance, contact us. We'll be more than happy to help you. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Branch NMLS number 33041. Rick Rittman's NMLS number 664589. Ian Arnold's
0: NMLS number is 1995469. Equal housing opportunity. Some restrictions apply.